Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the word of God. Let us hear your word tonight, Jesus. God, I pray that somebody would be stirred up tonight, God. Stir up the gift in somebody tonight, God. Let let your word go forth. Let let someone grab something that they can take with them when they leave here tonight that's going to change their life. God, I just pray that people would just have their faith grow tonight, that people would be increased, that you would bless this church tonight, and let us hear your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight, I'm going to start with 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16. It says, watch your life and doctrine closely. Preserve, persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. In Genesis 12, 1 through 3, it says, the Lord had said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. God is intentional. He has a plan beyond what you and I can understand. We've heard the verse, a lot of people can probably quote it, Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. We've heard Psalms 37, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Proverbs 16, 9, a man's heart plans his course, but the Lord directs his steps. Proverbs 3, 6, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Does anybody believe God directs your path? Do you believe he's really working things out for your good? God sees beyond what you and I can see. He sees the end from the beginning. He knows what things are going on that we're unaware of. He's out ahead of us changing things and working on things and directing things and preparing things on behalf of us for our good. He can see things outside of what's in front of us. He can see people that we can't see. He can see things in time that we can't see. And our vision is limited. I think Paul said that we see through this dim glass, but God is seeing everything outside of our circle, things we're not even thinking about. And he's planting thoughts and he's shifting things and moving pieces and things that we're never aware of. And here's the thing, when we're in the middle of our life, our daily life, and we're in the middle of situations, it's not clear where God's directing our paths. We quote the verse and we believe it, but it's it's not clear. And there's a purpose, but we don't know the purpose, and there's a plan, but we can't see the purpose. And we have to have faith and we have to believe because all we can do is what we can do. All we can do is what we can see and what we know to do. We come here each week. We hear a word each week. We get together on Wednesdays and connect groups and whatever the case, and we try to live our best life. But sometimes we're in the middle of things that we don't understand. Sometimes it's good things. Sometimes it's bad things. And we're just living in the time that we're in right now. And when we think about uh, how God sees them, 
And it may not look good right now, and it may not feel good right now, and we might have expected something that we don't have today or that we don't feel today. And we hear the Bible verse talking about God's working things out, and it doesn't feel like God is working things out today. And if God's really working things out, why did I get a flat tire? If God is really working things out, why did I lose my job? If, if God is really working things out, why are things not what I expect? Because I can't see the plan that God can see. Is something wrong? You know, it's, it's been in a season for a long time. Nothing's changing. Been trying everything. Been faithful. Been trying to just do what I know. Do what I hear. And all I can do is trust and have faith because I can't see what God has in store. The Bible gives us example after example where God has a plan and it worked out. And there's, there's stories that show God's faithfulness. To the people in those stories, the end is a surprise. To us, we know the end. We we've know the end since Sunday school. I taught Sunday school last year, a couple years ago, and I remember we taught about the walls of Jericho. And we set up all the bricks in the Sunday school room and the kids marched around. We all knew those walls were coming down. Those kids couldn't wait. And we had a good time knocking them down, kicking them around, jumping on them. But we know the end of the story. Of course the walls are coming down. We've read that story. Of course David would use the stones and the sling. That's what he does. We know that story. Of course Jesus isn't going to let Lazarus die. He's going to raise him. We've read it. Of course Paul and Silas are going to get out of jail. They're not stuck. It's not over. We read that chapter. It's easy for us to see after the fact how God had everything under control. But to the people who are in the middle of the story today, it probably doesn't feel very good. They had to trust God. They had to have faith. They had to continue doing what they knew regardless of how their current situation appeared. Isaiah 55 Verses 8 through 9, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways, or are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God's thoughts are greater than our thoughts. His, his ways are greater than our ways. We, have a, a pers- we think we have perspective, but we don't have perspective. We are like children. We see this much. I have toddlers at my house. Before we even came here, they were asking me to swaddle babies for them to carry around. They brought their baby to church. Might get lost tonight. Uh, But Harper, she's three, and she loves cooking. And she loves pancakes. Every day she asks for pancakes. She asks, can we make pancakes? And I have some in the freezer that I made yesterday, and she doesn't care because... It's not about eating the pancakes. It's about making the pancakes, chocolate chip pancakes. And so I'll get a bowl out, and I'll put in some flour and some salt and baking soda or baking powder, and I'll whisk it together. And she's watched, and she sees how it goes, and she wants her turn. And so I hand her the whisk, and she gets going, and she stays in one spot, way at the top. She doesn't really get down, doesn't really get it mixed, but... She thinks she's, she thinks she's mixing something. She thinks she's making something. Because she's seen what we've done, and she thinks that's what cooking is. 
she likes to help with the dishes. She'll open the dishwasher. She doesn't know are the dishes clean or are the dishes dirty. It doesn't matter. She's going to take the dishes out if they're in there and put them on the counter or on the floor. And she'll take whatever's on the counter. It might be the one she just put up on there. And she'll take that and she'll put that down in the dishwasher. To her, that's doing dishes. To her, carrying that little baby around, that's what parents are doing. She's doing the same thing the parents are doing. They pretend to change the diaper. They don't have the same experience that parents have. But, but to them, that's what our vision is like. We think that we are doing things. We think some, we know what's going on or we're controlling something, but God sees it differently. And when we take steps and we take actions, God is seeing the end of that action. When we give an offering to us, we pull out our cell phone and we push the push pay button. But God sees where those funds are going. He sees that missionary that's been praying. He sees that person. He sees that need in the church. And he knows where those funds are going to be directed. He knows the blessing that he's going to put back on your life because you're being a willing, cheerful giver. When we pass by someone or have a conversation and we speak to somebody and we give a compliment or a kind word or encourage somebody, we don't know where that goes, but God knows where that goes. That could be a decision point for somebody. That could be someone trying to maybe about to give up and your encouraging word was the thing that kept them, that God directed. It could be a word to someone who's on the fence about, should I go all in? Should I, should I move towards ministry? Should I dedicate my life? But we don't know what's going on. God knows what's going on. And we're just a part of the story. Sometimes when we pray, we've been told to pray about all things, acknowledge him in all your ways, and we don't know the outcome. But I believe God is just waiting for us to pray. He wants us to pray those prayers because he has plans for what he wants to do. He needs you to step out. He needs you to take that action because there's more to it than what you can see. Here's some examples of where God planned something great, but the people involved weren't aware. They didn't know the who, the what, the why, the when. Abraham, he left on a journey. He left his hometown. He left his family. He left his comfort because God gave him a word. The Bible says Abraham didn't know where he was going. It was counted to him as, uh, as faith and righteousness because he didn't know where he was going, but he went anyway. And he believed God's word. He was told he would be a great nation, but he had no kids, and he was too old to have kids. But he left everything, went and lived in a tent. Didn't know where, didn't know where, just going somewhere. And I imagine that the first week was exciting. I imagine he was packing up, you know, waving bye to everybody. You know, everybody wanted to come stop by and say, oh, you know, have a, hope you have a good trip. Hope it works out for you. It's a fun, exciting time. You start down the road. Week later, two weeks later, you don't really know where you're going, but you're going somewhere. Still kind of fun, but five years later, and you still don't have any kids, and you're still not sure where you're going, and, and you start to have some questions, and, but you're still waiting and still moving. And maybe 10 years later, it's like, God, are we still, we still doing this? Or I figured we'd be there by now. It's been 10, 10 years. How long can this last? 
It took almost 25 years for Abraham to have a, a son. 25 years. Out in the middle of nowhere. No one knows where he's going. He doesn't know where he's going. Can you, well, I don't know what thoughts you guys would have, but the thoughts I would have is, man, I told people that I had a promise, you know. I shared that with people. I feel kind of dumb right now. I don't see anything happening. Did I have an encounter? Did I misinterpret what God was telling me to do? Did he really mean go? Or did I, did I make that up? Did I do something to mess up? Is, did I break this relationship? What, I don't know what's going on. My family, my wife is wondering where we're going. I feel silly out here. But Abraham kept going. What if he gave up? What if he turned around and went back home? What story would that be? Where would he be in the Bible? The father of our faith. Life was good for Joseph. Joseph was his father's favorite son. He had the nice coat. He had dreams. He shared them with his brothers. They got angry. They sold him into slavery. And not his fault. He's just doing what he knows to do. He had a gift from God. He exercised that gift. And 1 Timothy, Paul tells Timothy, exercise the gifts that you know you got. You have a gift. He told him, he said, exhort. He said, teach. While you're waiting for me, use your gifts. Joseph was using his gift. Joseph had ups and he had downs all the time. He had good seasons and he had bad seasons. No fault of his own. The Bible says God gave Joseph favor. He was sold into slavery, but he still had God's favor. And when he was brought to Egypt, the first thing that happened is the person who he had to go work for was a wealthy person, the, the captain of the Pharaoh's guard, and he proved to be so trustworthy and do such a good job, and he had so much favor from God that he was put in charge of the entire household. And things might have felt better then. Maybe not perfect. Maybe I'm, I'm in a foreign land, learning a foreign language, trying to figure things out. But soon thereafter, he ends up in jail. And he still, he doesn't have the Romans 8.28 that we have, but he's got dreams. He's got a relationship with God, and he's probably wondering, what is going on? What did I do to deserve this? But he's in jail, and God is still giving him favor. Who gets favor in jail? It doesn't even make any sense. But the guard puts Joseph in charge of things in the jail because of God's favor. And while Joseph is in the jail, he does what he always does. He interprets dreams, and he just lives the life he's supposed to live. And one day, while he's in there, two people who had worked for, for Pharaoh in his palace come to jail. And I bet when he heard that, when he discovered that, I bet lights went on. I bet he was like, man, this is my time. This is, this is it. This is what I was waiting for. And they showed up. And they had a dream. And I, I imagined him being the annoying person at that point who was like, oh, I heard dream, insert, you know. You weren't talking to me, but I heard somebody say dream. I, we need to talk about this. And he interprets the dream of Pharaoh's cupbearer. And because he interprets this dream, 
and part of the interpretation is three days later, you're going to be back serving Pharaoh. And he's like, remember me, tell Pharaoh about me. And he's probably packing his bag. He's probably getting his items together, whatever it is they had, if anything. But thinking, I'm on my way out. I knew God was up to something. But a few days later, you know, it takes time. You can't just walk into Pharaoh's palace and say, you know, I know a guy, you should let him out. It doesn't work like that. But two weeks later, still waiting. Two months later, still waiting. You know, did they forget Two years later, he gets the call. Pharaoh had a dream. He can't sleep. Who do you go to? The person who's been exercising that gift. The person who's been interpreting dreams this whole time. And he's ready. He's been ready, waiting. Waiting to hear from Pharaoh this whole time. Waiting to get out of jail. And of course God would would make an opportunity for him to interpret a dream. Because that's just how the story goes. And I already read the story and I know how it goes. So it's easy for me to look at this. But he comes out and he interprets this dream for Pharaoh saying seven years of prosperity are coming. And seven years of famine are coming. And you got to do something. You got to get prepared. And Pharaoh's like, well, what should I do? And Joseph says, you should put the wisest man you know in charge of the thing. And let's make sure we're prepared. And Pharaoh looks back at him. He's like, you're the wisest person I know. And God's favor, once again, puts him in charge of more and more. Don't know what happened to the dream in the beginning. Don't know what happened to people bowing. I, I can't imagine that Joseph ever let that dream go. Knowing all, all the dreams that he interpreted, knowing that was his gift, did he think he got one wrong? I think that stuck with him this whole time. But Pharaoh puts him in charge. And the famine starts spreading, and it gets bad enough that Joseph's hometown starts to feel it. And the other nations around start to feel it. And his brothers, they show up because they need food. They don't know it's Joseph, but he reveals it to them after, after a time. All the thoughts that Joseph could have had. All the attitude Joseph could have had. All the questions Joseph could have had. But his response was different. When they were afraid that Joseph would be angry, and who wouldn't be angry if your brother sold you into slavery? Who wouldn't be angry after someone did you wrong? And you're sitting here living this life, and you're just, you're just trying to obey God. You're just trying to take care of yourself. Trying to do your best, and someone had it out for you. But instead of being angry, Joseph had a completely different perspective than I think I would have had. In Genesis chapter 45, verse 5, this is what Joseph says He says, Don't be grieved, don't be angry with yourselves that you sold me here. God sent me before you to preserve your life. At that point in time, Joseph saw the whole story come together. He probably didn't know why he was in jail. He probably didn't know why he was taken and sold into slavery. He didn't know why he was even there interpreting the dream for Pharaoh. But when his brother showed up, he, did, he knew that was God's doing all along. That was God directing his paths. That was God working it out for him. And not only did he take care of Joseph, but he took care of Joseph's family 
and nations through Joseph. How easy it is for us to be selfish and think about what we went through. How easy is it for us to complain that it was hard or that it's difficult, but God is doing something bigger. We, we are the center of our story, but we're not the center of the story. We're not the center of God's story. And Joseph trusted and he had that good attitude and he never quit and he never complained and he just kept interpreting those dreams. And that's what Abraham did. He kept believing. He kept the faith. And God has a plan. But God's plan isn't just for you. His plan is for you. You're God's plan for somebody else. Joseph was God's plan to take care of his family. He was God's plan to take care of his nation. When Joseph was going through all those things, his employers were blessed. When he was going through all those things, the jailer was blessed. The nation he was in was blessed because he was there. No other nation got to know a famine was coming. No other nation got to start preparing in advance. God was using Joseph, and God wants to use you and me to bless the people around us. He wants to use us to bless our coworkers. He wants to use us to bless the businesses we work for, the communities we live in, the church we go to, our neighbors, you are God's plan for somebody else. God told Abraham, I'm going to bless those that bless you. I'm going to use you to bless all people. I think about Abraham's story, and he had a nephew, and they were in the same place, and they had to split up because there weren't enough resources. And Lot went to Sodom, and Abraham went his way, and there was an event where Lot was in danger. And Abraham had the resources to go rescue him. The blessings that Abraham had allowed him to go help his family in a time of need. You know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah where there's fire and the city's being destroyed. Abraham has this conversation with God and he says, will you destroy the city if there's 50 righteous people? Would you destroy the righteous with the whole city? And God's like, no, if there's 50, then I won't do it. He keeps going down the line. If it's 40, will you, de- will you destroy it? And God's like, no, if there's 40, I won't do it. Down and down. And he's negotiating with God. And God is allowing this to take place. Because Abraham has a relationship. It says that God decided to share his plan with Abraham. Because of Abraham's relationship with God, it blessed his family. It took care of his family. And that's the kind of relationship with God that I want to have. That's the kind of relationship that I want my family to have. I want to be an Abraham in my family. I want, to, I want, I want people in my family to be that like that because it's saving us. It's protecting us, and it's blessing those around us. The thing is, is, if we don't have a relationship with God, if we're not doing the things that we're supposed to do, if we're not faithful, then we can't have that. It's that simple. If we're not acknowledging God in all of our ways, he's not directing our paths. If we don't love God, he's not working it out for our good. There's something on our end that we have to do. And we can't have that relationship with God if we don't know God. 
If I don't know God, how am I going to go to God on behalf of somebody else? If I'm not praying, if I don't have that relationship, if I don't read the word and understand about God and know about God, how can I do that? If the musicians could come. These stories, I think they hit a nerve with a lot of people. Because if you're human, you've been through good times and you've been through bad times. If you're human, you've had to wait. Whenever there's a promise with a short turnaround, it's fun. When we pray and it happens on the spot, everybody's happy. But when you got to wait years and you got to wait on God's time and you got to keep perspective and you have to stay faithful in its work. It's not always easy. It's not always good times. But we have good times in the Lord. We have good times in in our prayer. We have good times in our relationships. When we're hurting, when we're suffering, when we're blessed. It's all part of God's plan. God's working it all out. I wonder if there's somebody here tonight who just needs to keep going. Maybe you're Joseph. Maybe you've been doing the right thing. But it hasn't been what you expected. Maybe tonight you just need a word to keep going. Would you stand? God still has a plan for you. Even if you don't see it today. Even if it doesn't make sense, there's no end. You can't figure it out. God has a plan. Maybe somebody... You've been on the fence. And it's time tonight to reevaluate your priorities time to reset your prayer life reset your bible reading get some discipline get focused I wonder if there's someone in your heart a friend, a family member, a co-worker a neighbor an acquaintance that you could be the blessing for, that you could stand in the gap for them, that your prayers would make the difference in their life I heard someone saying they were upset when they saw people who they thought were wicked being blessed. I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to do. Why am I not being blessed? And they're being blessed. That was their attitude. That was their thought. And they they started to think and they had the thought, what if somebody's praying for them? What if they're blessed because their family's praying for them? What if they're blessed because their church prayed for them? Or they have a grandmother, a father, or an uncle? come to the front tonight sometimes we just have to have faith sometimes we just have to go before we know like Abraham just take steps and just move deeper and deeper into what God has for us we just want to follow him trust him I feel like there's people here tonight who need prayer. People here tonight who have had those same questions that everybody else has. If you need prayer, would you raise your hand? Would you look around? 
Let's pray tonight. Let's pray, church. There's people who need it tonight. There's people who need your prayers. People who... All God's waiting on is for you to pray the prayer for them. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at the Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.